Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Constructed by me. And uh, I got a phone call from somebody last night. He said, hey man, do you know how many people listen to you? I said, well, kind of. How many people download and all that? I said, yeah. I mean, do you want the stat? He goes, no. He said, I just want you to know a lot of people listen. I said, well, I take that as a compliment. He said, <laughs> he said I know, because when they don't like something, they bitch. So they heard, I heard this on All Marine Radio, blah, 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 blah. He said, but let me tell you, people listen. I said, well, that's good. That's why I started it. And, uh, you know, I think this latest investigation is... Uh, Is part of the reason why, you know, I do this, and that, um, you know, it takes a turn yesterday as the Marine Corps announces a second investigation, and um, I think these things are important, and um, I think it's important to talk about them in depth, and uh, and so, um, and so that's what we do here. You know, we tried to, and then, 
You know, really, um, and we'll talk about the second investigation here in a minute. And we'll also talk about, I mean, another bad story for the Marine Corps. Um, and um, I'll go through suicide in the Marine Corps for the last, uh, since 2015. In 2015, the Marine Corps had 39 suicides. In 2016, the Marine Corps had 37 suicides. In 2017, the Marine Corps had 43 suicides. In 2018, the Marine Corps had 57 suicides. In 2019, the Marine Corps goes to 47 suicides. In 2020, the Marine Corps goes to 60 suicides. The Marine Corps is at an all-time record for suicide. And uh, I would tell you, my experience doing going around the country doing post-traumatic winning, suicide is a, le- is a leadership issue. Isolated individuals. Nobody knows them. They're out of touch. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I would tell you overwhelmingly they do not have mental health issues. How do I know that? Well, serious mental illness is defined as 4.5% of the population. It's, just, it's defined as less than 2% of the DOD. So what you have is, you know, who we recruit, which comes from a lot of troubled places. They walk through the door with with shit. We don't know it. We don't identify it. And then they go to uh then they go out to to work in the Marine Corps. Right? Their dream joining. And what they find is they live in a barracks that isn't run by leaders. It's run by Relatively junior guys who run their little version of Lord of the Flies in there. And if they're not one of the cool guys, they get they get harassed. They get given a tough time like they've had most of their lives. Well, that's not what they were looking for. And that happens because our staff NCOs have taken a step back because of a thing called the pack order. And their conclusion as a group that we cannot stand an allegation. So let me dial my shit back. And so, this is the world of the Marine Corps. And so, you know, in a story that you have not heard about yet, the Marine Corps at an all-time high relative to suicide. So, 2019, the Marine Corps' suicide total was 47. So, it goes up 13. So, I think the way we get the increase is what? You divide 13. By 47, and that will give you the amount of increase you had, right? If I'm not mistaken, statistically, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. That would be a 28% increase in suicide. Yeah, which would probably make the Marine Corps the leader in per capita suicide once again in the Department of Defense. So, um, yeah, not a great story. Not a great story. I'll you know I'll refine that data and I'll I'll bring it to you tomorrow. Um, 
because you get a rate normally when they publish these these quarterly reports. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't see the rate in here. So anyway, I will find that and uh, or do the math myself. And, and what you're looking for is the amount of suicide relative to the number of human beings in the organization. And then you get a rate and you compare uh, the four branches of the of the military. And um, and it's not a good story. Not a good story. So anyway, that's going on. Uh, yesterday, uh, during the day, the Marine Corps made an announcement about an investigation. A second investigation and um, into the AAV sinking. Now the question is, why did uh, why do we need a second invest investigation? So riddle me that, Batman. Why do we need a second investigation? And the answer to that is now that the families have been briefed on the investigation, um, they are not happy. And, um, And the questions that are coming out of these, you know, especially when it comes to, um, Especially when it comes to very, very high profile instances, it creates a lot of sensitivity. And now politicians get involved in it. So let me just um, this is the first article I saw about it, written by Gina Harkins. For a second time in two years, the Marine Corps is reviewing the lead-up to a fatal incident, a move that could leave more senior leaders facing fallout over a series of failures that led to nine troops losing their lives. Assistant Commandant General Gary Thomas on April 2nd directed Lieutenant General Carl Monday third to serve as president of a new investigation into the way the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit was assembled for its fall deployment last year. Eight Marines and one sailor assigned to the unit were killed during a July pre-deployment training exercise when their amphibious assault vehicle sank off California's coast. The investigation of the fatal accident found the tragedy was preventable. Mechanical problems, leadership failures, and training gaps all played a key role. Now a new investigation will probe not only how the California-based 15th MU came together ahead of its deployment and its unit's training and readiness, but also its higher headquarters oversight. The goal, a Marine official said in the statement, is to ensure the Marine Corps is doing everything possible to prevent this type of mishap from happening again. What the 15th MU began to assemble, when the 15th MU began to assemble before its fall deployment, the AV selected were far from mission-ready, the investigation found, with most being inoperable. 
The article goes on. No one more senior than Colonel Chris Bronzy has been reprimanded over the fatal accident. That's despite Lieutenant General Stephen Rudders noting that Major General Bob Caselvi, Robert Caselvi, 1st Marine Division former commanding officer, bore some responsibility over the AAV platoon for not completing a combat readiness evaluation before the training exercise. Despite that, Rudder decided not to take administrative or disciplinary action against Caselvi. Quote, Caselvi is not responsible for any failure that occurred after the Mew composite date, and he was not the on-scene commander during the mishap, Rudder wrote. I would submit to you that that's getting your exacto knife out, right? If in any officer, and I don't care if it's Bob Caselvi or not, somebody who I know, right? I don't care who it is. But if you're going to hand out that kind of justice to Chris Bronzy, then it gets handed out to everybody. But that's not the way it works in the military. And I'll take you back to when Green Berets were killed in Africa. Right? AFRICOM was allowed to investigate itself. And who got held responsible? A captain. General Mattis got the investigation and said, yeah, that ain't happening. And then events did not allow him to get to the end of that. So when you allow an organization to investigate itself and you put a colonel or lieutenant colonel in charge of it, you have essentially capped and limited the investigation at that. Okay? So the fact that a three-star is going to do this investigation puts every commanding officer, right, at risk in this thing. And let me tell you this, as well they should be, because if Chris Bronzy gets the one-question court-martial, then everybody else should get it too. And that's just the way it is under you're responsible for everything your unit does or fails to do. But allowing one MEF to investigate itself and appointing a colonel, right, he can't call on a major general. He can't call on a lieutenant general, brigadier general. So again, the troubling parts of these investigations, right? The article goes on. Families of some of the Marines killed in the accident say the two reliefs and the recommended actions don't go far enough. Christina, Christiana Sweetwood said she was devastated by the chain of failures that led to the death of her 18-year-old son, Chase. Quote, it goes clear back to March when they were choosing these AAVs that they knew they didn't have time to fix. They knew they had major issues. Everybody just passed the buck, clear to the very top. And because of that, our boys are dead. The article goes on. Anyone who failed the fallen Marines and Sailor at any point in that long string of breakdowns must be held accountable, Sweetwood added. (laughs) 
Gina Harkins goes on in her article. The Marine Corps has not responded to questions about whether Caselvi's assignment as the service's inspector general is under review. Caselvi did not respond to a request for comment about the investigation. Lawmakers are also pressing for action. Representative John Garamendi of California and chair of the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Readiness said that the Marine Corps lacks a culture of safety. It's, it's worse than that, John. Trust me. Garamendi has been pushing for accountability on a series of fatal military on a series of fatal military ground vehicle accidents. Quote, the solution is to fire the generals. This is the second time General Thomas, the Marine Corps' second highest-ranking general, has called for another look at a deadly training accident. In 2019, he directed a review into the full investigation into a mid-air collision off the coast of Japan that killed six. The review, that review found faults in previous investigations. Two senior officers who previously went unpunished, a two-star general and a colonel, later received formal reprimands over the renewed examination of shortfalls leading up to the crash. Here's a quote from one of the families of the AV accident. Quote, the AV incident. After nine young men died horrific drowning deaths in an imminently preventable training tragedy last summer, are general officers never to be held accountable, never to be held responsible, never to be penalized, he wrote? It certainly looks like it. Caselvi, he noted, was the general responsible for both his son's unit, 1st Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, and the AV Battalion involved in July's accident. Well, it's even worse than that. Okay, because the commanding general of the of the First Marine Division is, and so this guy, who wrote this, right? His name is um, Michael McDowell. Right, he writes a piece on his son being killed in a rollover. Right, not only did he own First Light Armored Vehicle Reconnaissance Battalion. He owned the track battalion, and he also owns 1st Battalion, 4th Marines. He owns all of it. Okay, that's what the CG of the 1st Marine Division, you know, owns, regardless of who it is. Okay. Marine officials did not say when the new probe of the 15th MU, of the 15th MU's makeup is expected to be completed. The 15th MU is wrapping up a deployment in the Middle East and is headed back to California. Um... So, the article um, that Michael McDowell wrote, um, and just so you know, McDowell is a fellow at the New America's International Security Program. His son... First Lieutenant Connor McDowell was killed in a rollover at Camp Pendleton in May of 2019. 
And he blisters the Marine Corps in this. I'll skip the first part because um, I already read. You know, he asked a question. Are general officers ever to be held accountable, never to be held responsible, ever never to be penalized? Question mark. It certainly looks like it. Late last week, the Marine Corps slow rolled out to the media a truly damning self-investigation. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, oh, I wouldn't read too much, you know, into the investigation coming out late on a Friday afternoon. Well, I would. It's not the way Marines do shit. Anyway, that's just me. I could be wrong. I'm normally not. Late last week, the Marine Corps slow rolled out to the media a truly damning self-investigation of the sinking of an assault amphibious vehicle, or AAV, off, the camp, off of Camp Pendleton on July 3rd of 2020. A, quote, chain of failure poor training, and he goes on, all damning quotes from the 1,700-plus page inquiry report just released to the grieving families and the press. Telling, tellingly, the commanding general of the 1st Marine Division at the time, Major General Robert Caselvi, is named by his superior, Lieutenant Stephen Rudder, head of Marine Corps Forces Pacific, as bearing some responsibility for the training of the AAV unit for the training that the AVU unit did not receive. But Rudder specifically said he opted not to discipline Caselvi. Why? Instead, Caselvi is now the Inspector General of the Marine Corps, the top officer heading investigations and inquiries into such fiascos as the AAV drowning deaths. Why no penalty for the two-star? Suspiciously, a colonel was fired just 12 days ago on the very eve of a key House subcommittee hearing on so-called mishaps involving military vehicles and aviation. A lieutenant colonel from the AV unit was also fired last fall, as was, and this is not in the article, but as was the battalion commander of 1st Battalion, 4th Marines. Then he writes this, Full disclosure, my son, Marine First Lieutenant Hugh McDowell, Hugh Connor McDowell, 24, was needlessly killed at Camp Pendleton in an earlier preventable training disaster when his light-armored vehicle rolled over. He was killed instantly as the vehicle toppled into a hidden crevasse that range inspection had overlooked. My wife, Susan Flanagan, and my son's fiancée, Kathleen Burke, and I all met Caselvi at Connor's memorial at the base we were uncomfortable with the way in which Caselvi handled the line-of-duty report, despite him exonerating Connor from any blame. We are indeed proud of Connor's men who loved him, told us in person, and in signed official statements that he saved our lives. Heartbreakingly for us, Connor couldn't save himself. Caselvi was the general responsible for my son's unit, 1st Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, and the AAV unit. He omits also 1st Battalion Force Marines. So his job description included oversight of both. Lower-ranking officers and non-commissioned officers are being blamed for the mess, but not their top brass. How come? Caselli's new job as the IG is to ensure combat readiness and institutional integrity throughout independent inspections, investigations, teaching, and training. Since Connor's death, 
Now he's referring back to his own son. In, 20, in May of 2019, we were shocked to learn from our own deep research that far more young men and women die in training than in combat. In the majority of cases, they die when vehicles dangerously unfit for, for purpose. Too often, the vehicles are pushed negligently through inspections by superior officers or poorly trained maintenance and apt to break down, prone to tip over, unless driven skillfully under proper training. Every month, more young people die like this. A shocking number of them at Camp Pendleton. Some of these wheeled death traps should never be allowed to leave the ramps. The July 2020 incident is unique only because of the high number of deaths in one vehicle. That AV was one of literally tens of thousands of tactical VICs, as they are known in the Army, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, and the Navy. VICs means vehicles. Brought back from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. They are worn out. They have been sitting too long in base graveyards and then been hauled out for use when they should be dispensed with or cannibalized for parts that can't be obtained new. While we spend billions on planes, missiles, and ships, the poor grunts in the infantry are given the short shrift. And flag officers blame others that are not held responsible themselves. They should be. The article is pretty lengthy. I'll skip to I'll skip to the bottom. Last fall we asked Congress to investigate these alarming deaths in tactical vehicles. The Government Accountability Office will report in May on its deep dive into rollover deaths, looking back a decade, followed by further congressional committee hearings and possible legislative mandates for the DOD. We cannot bring my son and others back from these rollovers or the eight Marines and a Navy corpsman who perished last July. But their lives will not have been in vain if we can bring about some reform to reduce the death toll in training. Our elected representatives need to hold general officers accountable, not just those below them who rightly or wrongly become the fall guys. That shameful pattern must be broken. Rank should come with responsibility, accountability, and paying the price for failing. Let's not forget the names of the poor young men who died on July 30th, 2020. And then he lists all nine names. So, bad optic, right? Bad optic. The, um, the last investigation, okay, the last investigation that... Um, that the Marine Corps did this with was the collision of the um, F-18 with the KC-130. Okay? And that investigation uh, didn't do the Marine Corps any favors. Now, when you begin to, to rack and stack these investigations... The picture's horrible. And and let me tell you this. Make no mistake about it. It's not the Marines. The Marines will become anything we mold them to be as leaders. It's leaders. That's the problem. So... You take this investigation, right, and you put it next to the 
F-18 KC-130 investigation. Failure after failure after failure. Leadership failure. Not individual Marine failure. Leadership failure. And, you know, I said, you know, almost coincidentally now, uh, that there's a lot of people that listen to this 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 program, okay? And they're concerned. Now, a couple years ago, there was a Navy accident off the coast of North Carolina. I didn't know. I I, I, I didn't recall it. Right? I don't know if it. I don't know if it made the news or whatnot. Right? It was. So the date. On this investigation, hold on, is August two thousand nineteen. Okay, and what I'll read is somebody sent me the investigation and and the endorsements that go with it. Okay. And what's stunning is the is the endorsement. You could take this endorsement and put it on top of the investigation that was just, you know, slow rolled out to the media, what, a week, two weeks ago? Yeah. It's all the same shit. Right? And let me just read a couple things. Right? Numerous numerous factors. Now, this happened in, I don't know when the incident happened. The investigation is dated uh, 2019, August. So the incident happened on 11 July of 2019. Numerous factors contribute to the amphibious assault vehicle's mishap. The four key contributors were the distance of the ship from the shore, the hydraulic leak, the bolt stuck in the ramp hatch, and the increase in sea state that was neither relayed to the platoon nor pulled from the ship by the platoon leadership. Next, the main cause of the sinking was a bolt stuck in the ramp hatch that pierced the seal, allowing water to flow inside the vehicle. There was an unsatisfactory state of police inside the AAV, which ultimately led to the ramp being unable to seal and allowed water to enter the cabin. If the crew had a good state of police and checked the ramp thoroughly prior to securing it, it is highly unlikely that the bolt would have been stuck in the door, piercing it and causing the leak. An inaccurate assessment of the sea state led to the AAV swimming in that condition. The hydraulic tubes were tightened appropriately. If the hydraulic tubes were tightened appropriately, it is highly likely that the pumps would have continued to work and the AV would not have filled with water and sank. 
The findings of fact and opinions do not highlight some of the issues in the platoon that led to the conditions created in the sinking of the AAV. Enclosures 37 and 38 show a lack of good state of police, a failure to supervise both maintenance maintenance operations and SOPs, and indicate a culture of this. Now, this is to me... Now, did this not get disseminated? Do we not read our own investigations? Going forward, leadership must take a more hands-on approach in all pre-combat checks and inspections to ensure cleanliness and proper functioning of critical equipment. Additionally, leadership must also supervise completion and reporting of vehicle maintenance to include Global Combat Support Service Marine Corps, GCSS, MC, right? So that's the acronym for it. Job status updates and closure. The leadership of the AB the AA platoon's failure to maintain detailed supervision of maintenance reporting and vehicle readiness for swim operations resulting in an AV that was not properly maintained, prepared, or inspected. These factors combined with the longer-than-expected movement and the higher-than-expected sea state ultimately resulted in the AV's inability to reach the ship as planned. I encourage the lessons learned from this investigation be shared with other AA battalions, battalion landing teams, and marine expeditionary units so that the mistakes that are so that mistakes are not repeated elsewhere in the force. Now again, this happens a year before this incident. So you begin to so so the mosaic of this shit is investigation stacked against investigation after investigation. And whether they are ignored or nobody sees them or whatnot, the mosaic is an indictment of, of leaders, of marine leaders. So the in, inescapable conclusion is, right, a declining state of leadership in the Marine Corps. Just put just put the investigations next to each other and you see the same thing. Failure to inspect, failure to supervise, failure to adhere to the orders of the organization. What do you call that? Lack of fill in the blank. Discipline? Yeah, that would be correct, butthead. And now, I mean, so this is a second investigation, you know, class A mishap. That we have to have a second investigation because we didn't do it right the first time? And we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but there, there there's no... There's no interview with Navy officers in the in the in, in the AV uh, incident report investigation. Where's the, where's the statement in the uh, from the from the commanding officer of the you know amphibious ready group? Where's that guy? Where's the captain of the ship? Where's the statement from whoever is responsible for the sea state? Is that in there? I didn't see it. I mean, again, maybe I could be wrong. 
I'll go back and look. But I didn't see it. And so you look at this and you're just like, it's head shaking. Head shaking. So let me tell you, the situation is uglier than that incident. When you look at this investigation that's completed in August of 2019, and you see the comments, and then you see it replicated on the other coast, it gives absolute credibility to the statement that there is not a culture where we take safety seriously. And and again, there's uh, articles. Let me see if I still have it. Yeah, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, and I'll get everybody's reaction to it, Tim and Will and Jeff. But article in Coffee or Die, right? And individual Marines that were interviewed for the article pushed back on this narrative that you evacuate the vehicle when water gets to... um, When water gets to a certain... You know, boot, I, 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 boot level, okay? So let me just read you one, two, three paragraphs. Quote, ultimately the entire mishap could have been averted and lives saved if the vehicle commander had followed standard operating procedures and ordered the embarked personnel to take off their gear and evacuate the mishap AV, Lieutenant General Carson Heckel wrote in the incident report. So in his endorsement, right? Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's, here's an individual Marine. Quote, I don't agree with that at all. It's really a culture thing that the track is going to have water in it. And it doesn't matter. An active duty Marine who served aboard AAVs from 2008 to 2015 and was a vehicle commander cold, told coffee or die. Quote, from the beginning, when you're at the schoolhouse, it's ingrained in your head that the track is going to take on water, that it's not a big deal. The community is built on the vehicles suck, the parts suck, we do more with less. It's almost like a weird point of pride. The vehicles suck, they're always broken, added the Marine who has since transferred to another military occupational specialty. Then the next sentence is, the Marine Corps did not respond to multiple requests for comments. That's leadership. So, again, um, uh, not a, you know, on a day that yesterday when the Marine Corps announces a second investigation, on a day when suicide numbers are published and the Marine Corps' number, right, goes up by, what did we say, 20... Hold on, 13 divided by 47, I know, my short and long-term memory. That's 28%. Marine Corps suicide rate goes up 28% in a year, hits an all-time high at 61. Organization not exactly covering itself in glory. You haven't seen that story yet, though, have you? Yeah, Marine Corps suicide You haven't seen that yet. We'll see if somebody writes it. So on those two, um, uh, 
On those two notes, good morning to you. Welcome to All Marine Radio. The United States Marine Corps Band makes it official. Good morning. And uh, this is dedicated to the families of uh, eight Marines and a sailor who lost uh, one of their babies to something that was clearly preventable and now have to suffer through this kind of stuff. Uh, to read their quotes yesterday and, and uh, you know, on, on Monday is uh, painful. Especially, you know, coming from an organization that I I take so much pride in. Um, so it's dedicated to them. Betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think, and you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that. Thank you very much. 
If this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore, so young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day, and Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We gotta do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult, challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Time to do the weather. Currently sunny in 68 in Quantico. Sunny in 81 at Camp Lejeune. How about that? Wow. Sunny in 70 at 29 Palms. Camp Pendleton reports partly sunny, 58. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy in 64. Okinawa, dark cloudy in 62. In Darwin, dark cloudy in 81, where it's always hot. That's night. What's the current time in Darwin? Hold on, I'll tell you. It's 118 in the morning and it's 81. So, I don't know why I'm curious about Darwin all of a sudden. Let me give the currents in Oslo. Partly sunny at 49 in Oslo. What's the, the high today in Darwin? 90. 90 today, 90 tomorrow, 91 on... Saturday, 91 on Sunday, 91 on Monday. 91 in Darwin. All right. So, um, currently, at the home of All Marine Radio, it is partly sunny and 58 degrees. Looking for a high of, what, 70? 68 today, 68 tomorrow, 67 on Friday, 68 on Saturday, 68 on Sunday. What the hell, man? Southern California and the northern coast of Australia, where Darwin is, no change in weather. All right. I got it. That is a, uh, that is a look at your weather here. I'll do some, uh, I'll do a little bit of news today. And, uh, and then we'll call it good. Um, email. Wow, you're not painting a very pretty picture, Mac. Makes me sad for my core. Yeah. But let me tell you, I mean, at some point it is what it is, right? And if you're going to fix a problem, if you're going to fix a problem, the first thing you got to do is admit you have one. I don't see that. Here's another one. I find it interesting you say that in your opinion, and I respect your opinion, Matt, because I know how long you've worked on this, and I know how much you speak, and I know how many people you meet, that suicide is a leadership problem. Yeah, I, I that's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, 
it, once you begin to, to peel back mental health and, and whatnot, okay, the major elements of suicide, in my opinion, uh, is isolation. The other part is education. Okay, ignorance on the part of most people. Most people believe that somehow or other they're supposed to get over this stuff. Right? And, you know, and, and, and once you look at them and say, yeah, you're never getting over this stuff. They just look at you with tears in your eyes and say, why didn't somebody tell me that? So imagine going through being abused as a child, physically or sexually, growing up in a home where, you know, drugs abound and all the craziness that you watch and all those experiences and how they scar you. You don't want to share them with anybody else because you don't want to embarrass yourself, right? And you live with that. And you don't tell anybody. You don't think anybody can understand. Now, so you, you have, you know, are you bipolar? No. Are you schizophrenic? No. Do you have serious depression? No. You just have this shit inside of you that you haven't, you, you haven't dealt with and nobody's shown you a way to do that. And the way we learn how to deal with it is that we isolate ourselves and we numb ourselves until somebody can break through that. And again, the, the terrible contrast, as, as we talked about yesterday on the show, if you didn't hear it, you know, turn on yesterday's show. And the terrible contrast is this. Suicide went down in the country last year, but it went up inside the DOD. Now, arguably, the slice of the population that is inside the DOD is healthier and better off Constant, nobody, nobody in the DOD went without a paycheck. So they weren't subject to that. COVID largely missed the Department of Defense. Young, healthy. So in this place where people are insulated from the impact of COVID, why did suicide go up in that organization? Why? When it goes down in the population. Now, I I would submit to you, you know, the reason it went down in the population was people were forced to spend time with each other. People were conscious of other people's isolation. And they reached out because everybody was forced to stay at home. That would be my contention. And that as bad as it was, people looked out for each other. So you didn't have as much suicide. And in my opinion, that that proves, again, I, I'm just saying this because I, I, I deal with this all the time, you know, the human component in all of this is huge. It's the secret. The secret to, you know, suicide attempts going down in the second mob by 62%. You know, Second Marine Division, 47% in the two years that I did that with those organizations. It's, it's not a new program. It's people understanding this and helping each other. And you saw that in the population. So there's no doubt in my mind because I see it all the time. The difference when you, you explain to somebody, there's nothing wrong with you. You can't go through this shit without it sticking to you. And you're never going to get over it. What? Why didn't somebody tell me that, Mac? I don't fucking know. Right? 
Because they want to make you a patient for life? I don't know. Give me a better answer than that. Why, why wouldn't I share with you the fundamental truth that I know? If I give a shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, incredibly disturbing that suicide in the general population goes down, but a more fit segment, a more insulated segment, suicide goes up. So what do you point to? What do you point to in all that? Greater isolation? And who's responsible for that? Leaders that don't know the people that they lead? It's my opinion. So, yeah, that's why I say that. That's why I say that. And, and, what, here's, and here's the thing. In these organizations that I work with, what's the critical component? En- engaged leaders and people that help. That's the difference. God, how do you get there? You get there by educating people and by people you know, getting off their ass and, and getting to know people. That's how it works. That's how it works. So, yeah. Email. I love it. Here's another one. The investigation thing is troubling. Why do we keep having to have second investigations? Well, you keep having to have second investigations because the first one doesn't answer the mail. And again, (laughs) we keep going down this road. Are we not reading our own history? Are we not reading our own safety reports? Here's another one. Could you read that paragraph again from the endorsement talking about disseminating this investigation? Yeah, hold on. Give me one second. Here it is. Going forward, Leadership must take a more hands-on approach to all pre-combat checks and inspections to ensure cleanliness and proper functioning. Okay, that's, that's, that's nine. And then ten, I encourage the lessons learned from this investigation to be shared with other amphibious assault units, battalions, battalion landing teams, and marine expeditionary units so that the mistakes are not repeated elsewhere in the force. And then it says this, please read after you read that. Makes me sick. And listening to a father's article about his son made me sick as well. To think that such basic things are being overlooked in the Marine Corps It's extremely disconcerting to me. And then in parentheses, you can look that up, Mac. Nice. Appreciate that. Um, No. It is what it is, though. 
It is what it is. On that note, that's the show today. Yeah, time flies when you're not having a good time. So that'll do it. Uh, I would ask you all to keep the families of these incidents in your prayers. Right? The family of First Lieutenant Connor McDowell, who was killed in a rollover at Camp Pendleton in May of 2019. I'll put the link that, to his father's article here. And to the families of PFC Brian J. Valtiera, Lance Corporal Marco Barranco, PFC Evan Bath, Navy Hospitalman, we call him a corpsman, Christopher Nem, PFC Jack Ostrowski, Lance Corporal Guillermo Perez, Corporal Wesley Rod, Lance Corporal Chase Sweetwood, and Corporal Cesar Villanueva. So, say a prayer for their families. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Mike McNamara, the Submarine Radio. Don't be afraid to help somebody. And if I can help you help somebody, please don't hesitate to call. Because post-traumatic winning works. No bullshit. Have a great day. I'm out.